2022, first podcast of the year. Um, this is for my first podcast I've done in probably over two months as well. So excited to get this one under the way. Um, and this is probably such a big topic to start the year with as well. So on this episode, I have Peter come on. So I've had Peter on before, which we um, talked about death. And this time we're talking about the current political landscape. So... Um, with co- this conversation, um, go on with an open mind, um, you know, listen, um, trying to think of what else. And yeah, with whatever comes up, feel free to, you know, if anything you want to message either of us two about, feel free to message us, um, trying to think what else. And yeah, so pretty much that. Um, and also too, um, with going in with open mind, feel free to um, also, you know, go research some of this stuff yourself and all that because with this current current pro- climate, sorry, I can mix up my words, um, the best thing we can do is realise that we're all in this together. It affects everyone and all that. And But, yeah, I'm super excited for this episode and 2022. I do think it's going to be a lot better year for everyone. So, but, yeah, so and that's why... I'm doing this to help people to retrain their mind, think differently about things, look at different things in different directions and all that because that's how I've personally learned and so many other people that I know have learned as well. So, but yeah, before I keep rambling on, let's dive into today's episode. Sweet. Welcome back, Peter. How are you? Good, mate. Yourself? Thanks for having me back. I'm more than welcome. Yeah, I'm going good, man. Um, I'm actually excited about this topic today, as we've been speaking about for, <laughs> I guess, for the last two years. I don't know, <laughs> everyone in the whole world. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah, we've been sort of like, one. yeah, definitely. So um, which I'll put some show notes at the start with that bit. Um, yeah, so we've been talking in depth for the last um, couple of weeks with this kind of podcast and the um you know this topic so the topic i guess for everyone listening i'm going to be diving down on the political landscape at the moment and yeah. breaking it down into different bits like um down to the legal stuff um i'll be more trying to aim with the psychology kind of stuff as well uh both peter and i have um, very fortunate with our friend groups and networks that they all come from a range of different backgrounds of high up and all that kind of stuff so mm. But yeah, um, I'll start with you, Peter. What is, start with like, I guess the basics of what's going on and what's, I guess the basics of totalitarianism. We'll go straight there. Yeah, well, this is one of the things where I want to make it clear that to anyone watching or, or listening, this isn't about COVID itself. When it comes to the, to the political landscape of it with the, concept of totalitarianism this is the um, pandemic is just a tool to then gain control over time and one thing i would like to point out as well the difference between totalitarianism and dictatorship or one of the main key key factors because i feel a bit of the time it gets confused um totalitarianism totalitarianism (laughs) It is like we've got at the moment where you've got the state government and the federal government squeezing in on the people. The more they resist, the harder they go and the more they try and push us into a corner. Dictatorships are the one person 
who generally, when the people arc up, the dictator will pipe down a little bit, wait until the storm goes, and then come back up again. But it's the one person at the top, not a whole government like we've got at the moment. But um, I think, I, I feel you're um, a bit more versed than me with the nature of it, how it grows, how it, um, how it starts, how it grows, and then how it eats itself, eventually, because that's an exciting bit that I find yeah. very interesting. So um, I've, I've done a little bit of research into this myself for anyone that's listening. Um, it's, it's actually generally more of a psychology thing. So, and it... Mm. And plus two with the landscape that we've had, especially over the last 10 years, it's kind of really allowed for this, something like this to come through. And because that we've been so isolated, I guess there's many different reasons, um, because the the way the social landscape is at the moment, mental health has gone through the roof. Our health is also general health has gone through the roof. Um, And yeah, so what this is generally called is mass formation. So generally the landscape, as I said, was generally at the start before you can create something into totalitarianism is that you need, you know, a lot of people into isolated. So by themselves, um, no meaning. So that's what are the biggest thing that we find mm. in today's society is that, that we have a lot of lack of meaning. We don't really have a higher thing, especially since religion is not it's been debunked by science as well. So that's what we're kind of doing at the moment as human beings. We're looking for some kind of tribe that has meaning behind it. Yeah. So, and what this generally is, um, so the first start is mass media, which we've seen this in um, Nazi Germany, which so you know, had the media back then to be able to portray what was, you know, their thing what they were going on Mm. with then. And generally with the mass media is that they'll keep on replaying the same story over and over again, day and night. And this is when Mm. you get the mass formation and jump into the hypnosis. So generally with the population that it's only about 30% of the population that gets put into the deep hypnosis. But with that 30%, they generally follow whatever the mainstream says. It's just what they do. They that's part of their values because with hypnosis you only can go with what your values actually are and then with the other 40 percent is um the generally people who just follow the main generally just follow the mainstream they necessarily don't think it's right but they don't want to be left behind and then the last 30 percent is what we call the mainstream absolutely hate um is the people who fight against it and this is yeah. probably the most important group, no matter how outrageous they are and what they think and how much they go against it. They're the most important group because they help to slow down the hypnosis or lower the blow to that 40%. Yeah. So I was going to say um, as well, when you look at those stats, 70% of people are on the same or a similar page. Mm-hmm. And then you've got, but the way the media makes it look, and we've seen this at the moment, especially with censorship. In generations past, it was um, it was it was easier to censor people that spoke out because there wasn't as big a reach. We didn't have the internet all those decades ago, but at the moment, there's so much on the internet. There are people. Was it? I think it was Peter McCullough, the most published doctor in his field in the world 
has had things removed about him from the internet, even though he's got all these published papers that people can find, information about him has just disappeared. Dr. Vernon Coleman, um, a bunch of other people as well, they just get torn down. Coming into Victoria, like closer to home, there was the Kill the Bill website with, with Dan Andrews' bill that he wanted to pass and did pass, which was heavily amended. And we'll get into certain parts of that after and how that is a great showing of what we're talking about tonight, having that total rule over the people and not giving people a choice and silencing, censoring. It happens all the time. How many people have we spoken to where their Facebook pages have gotten warnings, um, deactivated, what's that word, removed? Yeah, I was going to say, down. I was going to even say, I have a little situation too where I couldn't use certain words in a message a private message to someone and it wouldn't send to them. And once I changed the words around, I could send through the message. So it's like, yeah, they're really using the AI technology. But in saying that we're probably for this, something like this to happen, we're probably living in one of the best times for a counter, I guess, fight because we do have blockchain and all this kind yeah. of stuff and stuff that goes a lot more underground and can't be traced. Decentralized as well. That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is one thing that's great about the other side of technology where there is a lot of decentralized media. Um, there are different media platforms that are not owned by Google or Facebook or other companies that are censoring people. So there still is a bit of free speech out there, which is very important. And I think if we're going on that psychological level, it is really important to have your voice. We don't have to be aggressive about it because that's not going to get us anywhere. But have your voice, have your opinion, and just remember that 70% of people are with you. This is really important because in, again, in times past where there only was the, the um, newspaper, there only was the news on tv you only got one avenue and one thing that i feel the 30 percent gets gets really pressed about is just being anti-government or conspiracy theorists and when it comes to believing the mainstream media i've heard stories over the years from people in my family who was um who was a former police officer that got absolutely nailed on the news because the interview that he did got split up got split up cut edited to suit the agenda of the news and this is something very important there are also stories you speak to former police officers former mps about the corruption the silencing that goes on one of the businesses on the Sunshine Coast that came under fire in the news as being being shut down and they were terrible people. They actually had their case thrown out of court because it because the charges against them were unlawful for one. They got educated on how to represent themselves. They stuck to their guns. And from what I heard, they actually got asked 
by the police to um, keep quiet about it. So if this is happening at the ground roots level, why wouldn't it be happening higher up? And this is one thing I feel that helps um, produce and grow that mass formation is the pyramid of hierarchy. So at the base level of anything, you've got most of the people, most of the workers. Let's take a corporate environment. And then you've got the manager who is spoken to by the regional manager, but information's withheld from, from the ground level manager to the people because there's a way they need the business to run. The regional manager withholds information told to him by the state manager and it filters down and then the top, the national and then the international interest. Government here works a very similar way. You've got the ground roots people, the police, the frontliners who are just told what their managers are telling them and they run with it. These people don't understand what the agenda is higher up. And even though we can speculate, we can debate, we still don't know 100%, right? But I think it's important to be open-minded enough to say, well, yeah, I don't know everything. Why, why would they put everything on the news? There is more going on that we don't know about. And eventually these things come up. Years down the track or with, technology as well there's a lot more circulating in in the independent social media scene lots of videos lots of testimonies from from the frontline workers from people about what's going on at the moment so i think it's very important to understand that there's always stuff that we know nothing about on every level up the chain so let's not just make assumptions of yeah, the government loves me. The government's just trying to take care of me. The system is just here to take care of me. I believe that a lot of the doctors, a lot of the frontliners, they, they, they do believe that they're doing the right thing. There are a number of them that honestly believe in what's going on. Because that's there a part that's done. I was going to say, because that is just a part of the mass formation as well, is that it also affects mm. the leaders that fall into the mass formation because they've seen yeah. this avenue of what's going on. And I'll jump back to what you're saying in a second. And plus yeah. two, um, like a lot of these people to be in these kind of positions, you kind of have to come from a very power hungry home. So you kind of learn mm -hmm. that disformed version of love so a lot of our leaders actually don't know what love looks like they only know what power looks like so generally yeah. a lot of the time is we can dehumanize them which you know it's yeah. quite easy to do that as we get angry at them but they're also yeah. a part of this mass formation as well because they see the opportunity and they can you know feel those you know needs and stuff that that's been missing so then they can mm. feel good about themselves for that split moment, even though they'll just keep clawing and clawing and more and more power, which is, you can see right now. Yeah, exactly. And one of the things as well, when it comes to gaining, ga gaining control of the people, we see it in warfare, divide and conquer, mm -hmm. right? Because it's easier to, to, to defeat people that are separated and arguing amongst themselves. Separate the line, boom, easier to get in there and do the work. 
a united front a lot harder. And that's what we're seeing at the moment. There are a lot more people coming into the United front and starting to question things. And it's not, what I'm seeing day to day is there's less talk about anti this, pro that, and about, well, what's the government really doing? What is the point of this? People are starting to look further. But divide and conquer, how do we do this? Throw in a distraction, right? So there are plenty of things that the media throw in out there as a distraction to get people arguing amongst themselves. Division. I saw in um, the Switzerland, they've got like those little event fences in the street. So vax, unvax. It's a separation. It's like a smaller version of the Berlin Wall. To liken it to something, it's just a smaller version that's not so... um, uh, socially damning as I, but there's a clear division. If you're on this side of the fence, you're okay. If you're on this side of the fence, you're not. And I think that's Either a very, way. I think that's a okay. very important point you brought up. Even though some of these things that are happening in the world isn't as extreme as the things that we've seen in the past, it's still the same thing. You can name it whatever you want. It's still a form yeah. of discrimination and segregation yeah. and that. And, um, I guess like another point uh, I was going to brought brought up, this is what they did with race, like hundreds and hundreds Mm. of years ago, like back when um, they first brought slaves over to America, because I realized that, you know, the slaves are outnumbering the rich people and they needed to figure out a way to divide them and make them fight amongst each other so they wouldn't turn on them. Yeah. Yeah. And we see it even at a very social level of sporting teams. People get divided over whether you go for Queensland or New South Wales in the state of origin. At the end of the day, who really gives a crap mm. if, you, if you're loving that sport? Or in this case, who really gives a crap what side of the fence you're on? Because we should be banding together for human rights. Don't worry about it with the jab or not. I saw today that... Um, as well that Scott Morrison wants to convene in parliament to have the definition of fully vaccinated change to having a third jab, not just the first two. So this is affecting, as I said, it's like, it's not a matter of jab or not jab because everyone's affected. And this is one thing that I feel we need to open our eyes to in the whole scheme of things. We're all affected in different ways. doesn't matter what side of that fence you're on. So let's start bringing it together as people, as humanity, because you said, like, we dehumanise our politicians. Scott Morrison was on TV saying, get them through like sheep. Mm-hmm. He dehumanised Australian citizens, referring to us as just sheep. Mm-hmm. So it's like, do we not see this happening? And what is the agenda higher up? We don't know, because information is withheld. But please get into how the, um, I want to hear more about how, how totalitarianism um, peaks and then eats itself because this has happened in history and it's fascinating. So this has happened a few times in history. So we've seen this in German um, was the other place I'm trying to think of um, Soviet, Soviet Un- Union, Union. Yeah. and all this kind of stuff because a lot of the time is totalitarianism it's built on lies 
So it's only so long you can sustain a lie for. As we can see at this pivotal point, especially in Australia, that the lie is, you know, the story is starting to break down, right? Because they mm. keep, as um, you've said before, they keep pushing the goalposts further and further away. And this is yeah. what this is what people are starting to question. You said, if I do all these things, I'm going to get this very, you know, the thing, you know, I should have got my reward by now. And this mm. comes into reward systems. And a lot of the time is when when these things start to break down, as you can actually see in Parliament, because the state premiers don't all agree on the same thing, and then the national cabinet doesn't either. It's that these lies become such big lies inside it, they can't keep up with the lies of what's going actually on because there's so many different yeah. things. And then they start bickering, munch each other, and then you know things start falling apart. Which this yeah. is this is the kind of we're at this pivotal stage. So what are we on the twenty first of December, twenty twenty one? Is that we can see it right now in the Australian media landscape. You can see it's starting to crack, really open up, and it should yeah. be. And generally, with this kind of time, is that's when the desperation starts popping in. And um, mm. because the way I like to explain it is, it's like a domestic violent relationship. Once the yeah. victim escapes the perpetrator, the perpetrator starts to get a little bit crazier. And then the victim, mm. the victim's family, friends start realizing the perpetrator is a bit crazy and they start asking these questions. And, and this is when, you know, we kind of, the rage, yeah. you know, the revolution kind of starts as well. Or generalize that, or even if that revolution doesn't happen, that these lies end up, they end up bickering amongst each other anyway, and then the whole thing collapses on itself. Yeah, and this this is one thing we saw with the Soviet Union where they started turning on their own, but they mm -hmm. ran out of people to to um, turn against, and then anyone in their path didn't matter what side they were on or if they were even in their own team, their own their own cohort didn't matter, and, and that was a hell of a loss over was it between between lenin and stalin was it over was, 80 million people so yeah it worked out maybe like five percent of the population or something like that at the yeah. time or something ridiculous because they started they just started on different groups as i guess we're seeing right right now but mm. on a way smaller scale so it's less noticeable and that's yeah. something that we got to really understand just because it's not noticeable doesn't mean it's not happening yeah and it's more it's subtle it's mm -hmm. subtle because mm -hmm. we don't have those people at the front outright slaughtering people mm. but it's the same with which Sardin. is a huge difference yeah it's the same with um what's his name Sardin. that he didn't start slaughtering people on day one it was until a few years in that he started doing that yeah and because that's when you gained the momentum but kind of mm. luckily with this being a world thing that it generally the bigger the totalitarianism state is or what they're trying to do, um, the quicker it falls down. Yeah. And one thing, um, if you don't mind, just going on from that, are some of the points from 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 the bill mm. in Victoria that the Premier wanted to put through. Mm. Um, I'd like to go into a couple of those. Yeah, sorry. Before you jump into that, it's um yeah. explain how how can that happen or a bill like that can get pushed through before we start dissecting the bill? Okay, so the the people wanting to put the bill through, put it together, and they have their legal team to have it written in a particular way that suits what they want. And then, of course, it has to go through the lower house 
parliament where it gets read, it gets viewed, all these different um, MPs get to view it, have their word on it. Then if it gets passed, people agree, yep, this is a good thing, then it goes up to the upper house. In the meantime, what happened with the Dan Andrews bill was that a number of lawyers got in on it because of the way it was written and what it led to. So the points that I'm going to um, read are from what the original submission was. I've not yet seen what actually did get passed. All I know is that it was heavily amended because of lawyers and a few other parliamentarians getting in on it. And before we jump in, I was just going to say, just like for everyone listening, just remember this can happen anywhere. Even though this building did get eventually watered down, doesn't mean it'll get watered down to where you are. Exactly. And I'm looking forward to seeing what the actual amended bill is. And the sections that I'm reading and the examples are not my own opinion. This was taken from lawyers breaking down what the bill actually means, what these sections mean, and what it can lead to, okay? Because it was very openly worded, a lot of it. So section 165AB, because this is a pandemic declaration, right? This is the Premier's pandemic declaration, which will replace the state of emergency, okay? So the Premier can make a pandemic declaration under two conditions, under a pandemic disease, or pandemic potential. So if there's a breakout, not just in the country, but anywhere in the world, not just of COVID-19, but any disease that could spread, he can, boom, put this in, put this into place. And he can, um, yeah, if if he chooses any disease, he can trigger that and pandemic declaration. It doesn't matter if Victoria is under threat or not. Um, subsection four of that states, even if there is no serious risk. So this already starts to sound a bit dangerous mm-hmm. because you're going, well, let's just say we don't know everything that goes on and maybe the premier, which may not be the current one, but this stands for any premier, may have a different agenda to what we know. This opens up a lot. The section 165AC must not exceed four weeks, but may be extended. The Premier may extend this if he is satisfied there is a threat. Premier's opinion is the criteria. There is no definition or criteria of risk. Subsection five. There is no time limit on the number of times a pandemic can be extended. Sorry, a pandemic deck can can be extended. All, all, all he needs to do or she is submit a copy to, to Parliament of the reasons why. This is not up for debate. This is not up for scrutiny. He just has to submit it. This is why I did it and continue. And one of, the, one of the concerning bits of this is it can detain people or stop movements for people if 
the, he and his employees, which are the um, health minister and the chief officer, chief officer of health, together decide that this pan pandemic declaration needs to be done. They can detain people. This includes detention, like detention centers. Um, and it's different classes of people as well. They can create their own classes of people. So again, this has nothing to do with whether you're vaxxed or not. If they decide that people in, in the Eastern suburbs are the most at threat or the most at risk, that's where they'll shut down. That's where they'll detain people. So if said, it's, yeah, go. I was going to say, that's a very important point that you brought up too there because it's like, it's this weird thing that like, as we've been explaining, it's like we've been fighting discrimination for decades and it's mm. sort of suddenly now it's okay. Yeah, yeah. And we just have to have a look at what happened recently in the Northern Territory. Mm. And you just kind of think, have we not learned enough from the atrocities of our colonized history mm. Mm. for this to be happening again? Yeah, we'll um, get back onto this topic, but I'll let you finish that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so with, okay, so the detention camps are included in this. It prohibits or regulates gatherings, either public or private. So that's even protest. If they know there's a protest on, they can stop it. Again, suppressing information, censoring, controlling the, the, the masses. They can stop you having a home get together if they know from your text that <laughs> you, you've, you've been texting stuff that you, they don't want. Too bad, Mitchell. You are detained and no one can visit you, which for an introvert, I'm sure you're very happy with. <laughs> they call this a punishment. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also under these extensions of the pandemic declaration, the premier can indefinitely postpone elections. So this That's opens up to regional dictatorship. Mm -hmm. There's another part, 165 AJ, that states, this bill overrides all other legislation. So while this pandemic declaration is in, um, is, is, is enacted, th whatever he says goes, whatever she says goes, this is a problem. If we're talking about power hungry people, people with a bigger agenda that we don't know anything about, this really allows the crazy to come out. And like you said before, that starts to show, that starts to show in which we will get into the, the signs of um, uh, abusive relationships and how that's panning out in, in society as well. Um, so yeah, 165AK subsection B with the specified classes I was talking about can be any classes of person or a specified person. So again, under this, I don't like my opposition leader. Huh. Specified person, detention camp, see you later. This is the kind of stuff, I'm not saying it will happen, but these are the kind of things that it does open up to and that I feel we need to be aware of on the greater spectrum of things. Because this, it's a starting point. And legally, once something like this gets passed, once things get passed, it can get amended along the way. It sets a precedent other states 
so the flow-on effect is incredible here because at the moment what we're dealing with are mandates under state of emergency. We've got mandates, which a lot of people don't realize are not law. I saw a, um, I saw a hospitality venue post the other day that due to these uh, restrictions coming in, they, they are, they, they, they by law have to refuse people that are unvaxxed or they cannot prove that they've been vaxxed. There's actually no law that states that. These are mandates. And again, speaking to another lawyer being um, around, around a lawyer that said, you know, don't be afraid to go to court. When they were handing out masks, mask fines, most got thrown out of court. A lot of this is getting thrown out of court because the courts know that it is unlawful, for one. There is no law against this. It's just mandates and directives. It's a health directive. Let's remember that. So they're giving you a direction to go in, but even on the Queensland government website, it'll tell you as a business owner that you are liable for discrimination. I think that's well. some, I think that's the most important point too, is that a lot of the time is people are just going off to what the media is telling them and it comes back down to the media cut biting bits yeah. to present to people so they can fit their own agenda is that sometimes it's, you know, just, just anything in life, when it's going to affect you, it's good to actually sit down and read the frying print for stuff. Cause it's like, yeah. and this is a, and a lot of the time it's when you go on these, you know, the government websites, you look in the fairy fine mm -hmm. print, you have a lot more rights than you actually think you do. Correct. And this is what is being played on. And just from a pure psychological point of view, all of this puts people in a state of stress and fear. Mm -hmm. So, um, as you know as well, when we're in a state of fear, the thoughts of fight, flight, street, fear, like survival. We must survive. Not much outside of ourselves is getting taken in. And I think this is really important to acknowledge, am I operating from a state of stress and fear? So then let's look at some stress reduction techniques that we can do because it's stressful for I don't really know many people that aren't stressed about this, right? On whatever level they're engaging or looking into. Mm. So, yeah. yeah, go. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yes, yeah, it's definitely true, which um, I'll let you finish up and I'll, I'll sit down and break that down a little bit as well. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to go into the survival brain. So the survival part of the brain, which the amygdala, if this is our brain and the amygdala, is our survival center. We need our prefrontal lobes to be engaged so we can think rationally. When we're in a state of fear and a lot of the media cycling all this stuff day and night, man, flip the lid. And then this thing is just running rampant. And then depending on what your natural anxiety levels are like or what triggers are, and that, that can be really dangerous for a lot of people, which is one of the reasons we're seeing a lot more mental health decline. This is really concerning for me because if it's about public health, why? Why is this the case? Why are we getting worse? 
mentally. People are suffering out there. People are losing their own businesses as well. Mm. The media is not showing how many businesses have actually shut down for good. Mm-hmm. How many streets of shops are empty. And that's just not the shop owners. The mm-hmm. building owners don't have um, income coming in either. Mm-hmm. So the flow on effect for this down the line really concerns me as well. But yeah, sorry, let's get into the dissection. But yeah, like I was going to agree with what you said there. And the thing, it's weird because the thing that all this is in place for when uh, the CDC came out with this study too, is that stress was the leading third leading cause of second or third leading cause of death with this disease, which is quite bizarre that they're ramping up the stress as well. Because when you look at stress from the, like, you know, from the fight or flight spectrum um, is that what the body does. So it's either in recovery or fight or flight generally. Mm. So a lot of the time is that when your body gets put into fight or flight, is that it will push all the blood out into the arms and legs so you can get rid of the run and it'll shut down the immune system so you can yeah. so it's not wasting energy so you can get away from the predator or whatever the thing but yeah. at this point in time it's because we don't have anything i guess visible so it's more psychological what's going on that yeah. we this is why we see it's another reason why we see so much division as well because we don't know what we're actually scared of because it's yeah. not there <laughs> because it's more that's, that's one of the things that really got the um uh soldiers in vietnam hmm. because they didn't know who the enemy was because it was a civil war they couldn't tell who was going to shoot them who was not who was on their side that is like a more extreme version of where there was gunfire but very very much the same thing you can't tell we don't see it it's not as in our face as an actual war mm. and this is how like um i guess where you see with the polarities of both sides as well because they're both acting from the same emotion and that and they're on different stages of their emotion as well but then when you mm. look at the core it is generally fear the next is safety you generally want and the next is freedom but then yeah. you got people on one side who are still in complete fear. And then one peep, once on the other side have hit their safety level and just want their freedoms back, then everyone wants to fall, everyone to be able to do the same thing so then they can have their freedoms and feel safe to have those yeah. freedoms. So that's like yeah. most important thing to understand with whoever you're talking to. We might, we're wanting the same thing deep down, but we're on different emotional yeah. levels with currently. And also just different angles. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I find, I find this a really good, good level where to like practice the non-judgment and the mindfulness of where people are coming from, mm-hmm. because I've got friends, very, very good friends who, who, who are focusing on the disease itself because they have health issues, right? So they're not concerned about the political side of things like yourself and me. And we need to take this into account. A very, an amazing quote that was given to me a couple of weeks ago. It was by a dear friend of mine. He's a church minister, right? And he's got just the most practical application of Christianity. He's not typical at all. And he said, humans will justify, humans will find a way to justify anything. So if it's their 
behavior, whether it's their, the way they treat someone, go and try and justify it. And he said, humans will try to justify and will find a way to justify anything. Don't let it be apathy or avoidance. And this becomes a really interesting thing where we go back to the dehumanizing people. It's easy to be apathetic. We see it at the moment. People, people say, oh, well, if you're on this side of the fence, you deserve to die. No, well, that's pretty apathetic, man. We don't have that attitude towards smokers with lung cancer. We don't have that attitude towards people with type 2 diabetes that are going into surgery. Um, so uh, that's something to be aware of in ourselves. Are we being apathetic towards someone's opinion? Or are we being open and looking at where they are coming from and why they make the choices they do just like we make the choices we do? I'm, I am in one of those fortunate positions where I don't have the kids or the mortgage to be thinking about right now. So yes, I do look at what's the political landscape going to be in the next couple of years for us? Where does that put society as a whole? Because as things are squashing in and getting tighter, like we said, everyone's being affected. Can we come together on those common grounds of human rights and actually learning what is law and what's not? And having that courage to band together, to get more than just 30%, to band together to say, hey, we are here in numbers. And we've seen it with the rising numbers in the different protests. And that's a mix of people. That's not one side of the fence. This is people starting to come together and say, you know what? We're human. We have these constitutional rights. There are different bills. Just like with the um, divide and conquer, when people are divided and arguing amongst themselves and they're being all angry and apathetic and avoiding each other, there were petitions that went around to try and stop amendments to the Biosecurity Act, the Privacy Act. These are things that are really being taken away from us at the moment and being pushed against. So there are these laws in place to help the people but like I said, most people don't actually know what they are. So if we can get a little more basic knowledge on that, come together on the common ground, then we can help reduce stress. Because one thing I know that you talk about, although that connection in that community with your own work, and that's what we're about, getting people to come together as community with common ground, common goals. And when we've got the Im impending to totalitarian regime coming in, trying to squeeze harder, squeeze harder, that increases fear, increases all those survival instincts. That's when we need to band together, reach out, because a lot of people have been isolated for a very long time. We need to be able to reach out, reach out to people you know are in that situation, come together, and let's not justify apathy or avoidance. Because avoiding what's happening isn't going to get us anywhere. It's going to get us deeper down the hole. Being apathetic towards each other just creates more hatred, creates more division, creates greater amount of stress. And like you mentioned, when the nervous, um, when the immune system shuts down and the nervous system is dysregulated, 
through all of this and it's in survival for too long, that's when we end up breeding more disease. So this is a bigger public health angle as well. What are the flow on effects of this for, the, for other angles of public health? So I urge people to really come together and get a like-minded group of people because you'd be surprised who out there shares your views or is at least compassionate and able to see different viewpoints. I think that's the most important bit, being compassionate and being able to put yourself in other people's shoes as well. I think it's mm. very important. And, uh, and it really comes back down to, I guess, our human needs. Like we're all wanting to the same thing. And mm. the, the direction that we are going in isn't necessarily going to get us things. It may seem easier. And that's what I like to say, but it's not necessarily easier because this is something I like to talk with mental health. It's like, you know, laying in bed seems easy, but you feel like shit. You don't want to be around. You're not motivated to do stuff. You know, you can't, you know, get your life together. But as soon as you take that step out of your bed, make your bed, you know, you've got a bit of Mm. momentum there. And then, you know, those that hard is actually quite easy once you push you know, the dominoes and start gaining that momentum. And I think that's the most important point is at this point in time, it's like at the moment as a collective, it is quite difficult because it is quite psychological draining and a psychological warfare, but any kind of change, any kind of good change is quite hard work. Yeah. And, and it takes time Mm -hmm. and it is unreported a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. We'll always hear the bad we'll hear bad reviews of restaurants before anyone tells you a good one and that's just at the ground level so bring it up again like up that pyramid of hierarchy of course this is going to be harder but there are a lot of people for those of you who are concerned about the legal and political landscape of things there are a lot from what i've been told a lot of cases coming into court flooding the courts with a lot of people and teams of people, teams of lawyers who are fighting from the legal point of view and saying, hey, this is unlawful. This can't happen. So that is putting a lot of positive pressure, but we don't hear about it. And it's like that thing that comes back to faith where it doesn't matter what your faith is in, but just going, okay, there, there are positive things happening out there. Let's just have faith that it will come around the uncertainty which which is terrible for us humans as well uncertainty how long will it be though like we discussed we're at that pivotal point and at or past the apex depending on who you talk to but is the apex or is it like that we don't know yet Um, and actually just along these lines i'd like to go over some of those characteristics of an abusive relationship yeah and for anyone for anyone listening and watching just think about if this has been a part of your life or if you can just see it happening within society at the moment so abusive relationships character assassination all right they'll degrade you bring 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 your reputation down and send people against you in public 
I can see that happening. The um, public embarrassment as well to um, bring, bring someone down. You just have to look at the social media videos of what, what not just social media, news, media in general, of what's being portrayed as the bad people, what situation, people getting the um, crap beat out of them by, by, by the authorities on TV. Threats. Threatening you, if you don't do this, I will, which I think you mentioned before. Monitoring your whereabouts, digital spying, checking your phone. If it's in a relationship, checking your phone or tracking you in some way. Um, direct orders. Denying something you know is true. The gaslighting. Um, and this happens a lot at the moment as well. You've got people like Dr. McCullough and is it Robert Malone, the guy that invented the mRNA. So these guys are speaking from scientific evidence, studies that, that are being done, empirical evidence from around hospitals around the world and medical professionals around the world. And yet mainstream media is still making them out like they are. Um, uneducated and unqualified conspiracy theorists. So that kind of thing. And they know, they know what's true in the case of this. But yeah, denying something you know is true or denying their abuse of you. That's another one. So you got all these things stacking up. And they're like, oh, no, we're not abusing you. No, 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 we're doing this for your own good. I'm doing this for your good, Mitchell. I don't think you are. Blaming you for their problems because it's it's the trash. It's that small percentage of trash that's ruining it for the rest of us. Shutting down communication, keeping you from socializing, trying to come between you and your family, actively turning you against others. Sorry, actively turning others against you. It's, yeah. There's a whole list of things that go into what elements of an abusive relationship, but I'm hoping you can see what is actually happening there. And again, when it comes to our, our, to our conditioning from that psychological point of view, it makes me think of how used to this a lot of us are just from the relationships in our lives from when we were kids. So of course, we're going to be more easily coerced or just go along with something because, oh, this is familiar. It doesn't feel that dangerous because mm -hmm. it's familiar. Mm. It's getting that taught, that disformed version of love. It's like, you know, mm. we get sold that control is love when in actual fact it like isn't. I, it's like love is generally something that, you know, I love you like so much that, you know, you can do whatever you want, whatever's best for you, even if I don't agree with it, I'm still going to love you anyway, and you can do it. But in the controlling yeah. situation, it's like, no, you can't do that. I know what's best for you. I'm doing this because I love you and holding tighter and tighter. And this is yeah. how, um, I guess, especially in my generation where we had the helicopter parenting is that we got shown this, but then in saying that it has been a generational thing as well. Yeah. So it's like such an important point that why it's, you know, so easy for people to be so used to it. Because 
as you're saying, we've been taught from such a young age. And then mm. it's also even breaking down into the schooling system as well as that we get taught authority has all their answers for us that we don't, you know, yeah. you know, they have the right answer. Like, you know, no matter what you say, you're wrong. And they, and then they can't admit when they're wrong either. So then we get taught, it's like, you know, if I speak up, I'm going to get in trouble, even though I know I'm right. But it's because we've been taught this disformed version of communication, love, kind of label a bunch of things then. That's right. That's right. And one of the things as well, coming back to us being led to believe that authority is always right. When you've got the opportunity to speak to former police officers that have been in there for four decades, a common thing that I've found is they will state that most police do not keep up with legislation, with new legislation going. They don't study legislation. Once they finish uni and they're in the force, it's a case of monkey see, monkey do a lot of the time. I'm not saying all the time, a lot of the time. So for, for like a number of the rookies, that we're getting all like hot and heavy over people with the mask mandates and people were standing there stating what their rights were, what the police are obliged to do and that they were actually acting lawfully. That got a lot of ignorant police officers riled up and incited some of the violence and abuse, which that's coming under fire as well from people who are suing the police for 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 harassment as well i've been told so don't yeah exactly that don't just believe everything you hear reference learn and reference and we are happy as well if anyone has any questions shoot them to us and we're happy to send you some like references the web views come across things that you can look at yourself because again, don't just believe us. We've collected information that we've found over time and just packaging it together now in a more cohesive way. Mm-hmm. I guess it's like take the, a bit of the confusion out and the <laughs> and that. But then in saying that with yeah. some of the stuff we're saying, because we've collected information, it makes it easier, I guess, because it's, it's simple down when you go look at other stuff as well so then it yeah. makes sense when you're looking at it it's like okay that's where they reference and that and mm. that kind of stuff as well yeah yeah absolutely so yeah this is the point where like where i don't believe everyone mm-hmm. don't believe that the authorities know everything because at the end of the day a lot of the politicians a lot of the police a lot of the frontliners doctors are shit scared of losing their own job and for good reason. So they are acting in a, from a biased angle as well at times because they're in survival. Just because they are some kind of authority figure in society, they're still human. They still have the same fears and insecurities. They still have a mortgage. They still have kids. They still have all these things that everyone else is concerned about. So don't always believe just what they say and take it. Take it, sit on it. There will be someone around you, I'm sure. There's always someone, even if you don't recognize it straight away, that can help push you in the right direction. 
So that Chinese proverb, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Hmm. Like you start thinking about something, you go, oh, I really need to learn more about this. And boom, someone you meet can point you in the right direction because you're aware and you recognize that opportunity to ask. That's, yeah, very important because it's like, there's so many people around us, especially like, as we've been saying, the internet, like you can shoot a question to kind of anyone and most people in all different fields are generally more than happy to answer it because it's just things that mm. they're passionate about, especially yeah. if they're not in survival mode, they'll answer them as honestly they can because they generally just want to help. Yeah. Yeah. And there are a lot of people, most, most questions that you ask in a curious manner mm-hmm. and a non-demanding manner will get answered, I found. Mm-hmm. If you ask a genuine, out of genuine curiosity and ask, where can I find out more? If I want to learn more about this, where do I look? Mm-hmm. Who do I speak to? So you're not just leeching off that person either but you're showing the initiative to do it yourself, to get, to actually go, go through things yourself. Mm-hmm. It's just so important because that's, I guess, that's, I guess how both of us are learning is through just, you know, talking to different people and then gathering information and not mm. just looking through one source, it's through looking through a number of sources that mm. you'll be able to gather information and then see and go from there. Yeah yeah so it is just a matter of time um Mm. we both feel that like a lot of what's going on is wrong and damaging people even Mm. more there's some interesting stats coming out um from international as well just with what's happening and things falling apart with that kind of information but um please stay strong reach out and remember don't justify apathy or avoidance the avoidance is a huge thing as well. I'll just bury my head in the sand and it will go away. One thing legally, this as well, which is so important, silence is agreeance in law. This is why when we've got, whether it's a fine or a phone bill or whatever, there's a certain amount of time before you have to pay it. If you don't, if you don't speak up within that time, it's assumed that you agree you were in the wrong or you have to pay. No. No, that's definitely definitely not the case. There's that window of opportunity, which is why with these petitions as well, coming back to that, did they get enough votes? Well, the people had their chance to speak up. They were silent. Not many people cared. So they must agree. One of the things as well, I just want to point out with the health directive that we're under with these mandates, it is officially, that should be mailed or I'd assume an official email from the government with your name, the start date of this, every citizen is meant to have this to state that we are included in that health directive. So it's that kind of thing where, oh, I do not have receipt of that being issued to me. And it states in the law, um, in in the legislation that this is older term, terminology as well. 
that a that a publication in a government gazette or government media does not count. It does not count. It is meant to be mailed to us individually with our names on it, including us in that health directive. So it's little things like this that give us a bit more of a leg to stand on and which I find with the information that I've come across over time, I feel less stressed than I was before and less anxious purely because I've got more information to be prepared with. Should I need, should I end up in a position that's uncomfortable, I'm more prepared to deal with it. This is one of the other things about justifying avoidance. That doesn't happen. It's just going to send you further into a spin when the wishful thinking of it going away when you pull your head out of the stand doesn't happen and it's still there in your face and bigger. Mm-hmm. And this is for all of us. This is for all of us. I'm not saying that I know everything. I clearly don't. But it's just one of those things of being a little more prepared, having those people around you for support. And I remember I remember watching an interview with oh, Ken Honda. This is not political. It was about it was about finance and being in the flow mm-hmm. of um, money. And he said, "You know what? If I went broke, that's okay. I don't need money. It's about like not having that attachment to it. No, I don't need money. I've got fifty-two friends. Surely they, everyone would like put me up for a week. I've got plenty of friends I could turn to um, until I get back on my feet. You may not have fifty-two friends." I have no idea <laughs> if I've got 52 actual friends that would put me up for a week. Um, but it's just that concept. There are people, so you're not alone, even though in abusive relationships, we're led to believe that we are alone, we are the mm-hmm. problem and we're stupid. No, that is not the case. And I really urge people to access that part of them, just that part of them, whether it's courage, or what was brought up recently, the simplicity, right? Being able to simplify things down, chunk things down, so then it's not rolling around in your head. From a, from a psychological point of view, brain dump, journal this stuff, put it out on paper, get it out of your head. The clearer we can think, the calmer we are going to be, because this isn't a time to be getting aggressive and fighting aggressively as much as as much as a lot of people would want to stay calm stay collected stay informed because it's hard to be angry at someone that kills you with kindness mm-hmm. you know because that's more speaking to the heart to the soul it's speaking on a logical level not just engaging the ego into a penis measuring comp that's so true and and yeah and like with the information thing you only know have to know was it when I first got into investing in that it's like you only need to know 30 percent to actually get what's going on and that's with with most things you only need to know 20 30 percent you bare minimum to actually have some understanding of you know what's going on and jump back to what you're saying with like how to treat yourself this is the most perfect time to start looking at creating peace within 
because mm. you know, this is something I'm generally like a really big advocate of. It's like your inner world creates your outer world. And this is what yeah. we're seeing in the collective at the moment. It's like everyone, because most people don't feel worthy, don't feel good enough, don't love themselves, yeah. looking to you know, conquer, um, be angry at someone. So, and this has just been projected out in yeah. some kind of way. And this is like the thing I'm looking at now. It's like, if we can look for, you know, create inner peace without and self-worth and else, then, you know, it makes it easier to, I guess, stop what's going on because then, yeah. you know, everyone else is getting along and then up higher kind of loses its power because, you know, because everyone else is down uniting and not fighting mm-hmm. amongst each other. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I can't top that. <laughs> but that is awesome to add um, introspection. And also just going back to like the uh, brain dumping thing. I don't know if you've done this, but you write things down and then like a week later, you go back and read it. What was going on there, geez? Or even when coming from the coaching point of view, when you go through the goals, when you're writing down people's goals or the parts of you that I like to look at, parts of you that support and inhibit yourself, you write those things out. And sometimes you see just how incongruent you are and how, how much you don't make sense. Like it felt like it made sense up here, but once you get it out on paper, that, and I'm not saying that what you feel doesn't make sense. I'm saying get it out on paper come back to it later do you still feel the same yeah see that because the more it's just turning around it's cyclical that is going to make our brains worse literally the function of our brains worse like we mentioned before bring down the immune system starts creating disease you end up with shot adrenals and kidneys which is like something um, Bruce Lipton talks about with like the placebo and like the reverse of placebo as well. It's like, mm. you know, your thoughts actually, you know, control what's going on in your body and what kind of diseases and what your immune system does. So if you're constantly thinking negative, your immune mm. systems, no matter how good your diet is and well, that's going to constantly, you know, not be working properly. Yeah. Yeah. So this is one of the things to look at just for yourself on a mm-hmm. personal level. What are the things that we can do that are in our control? Mm-hmm. These little things that we've mentioned. You get enough people doing that and then the collective energy starts to come down from that fear mm-hmm. and starts to rise up with love, positivity, connection mm-hmm. and starts to be a lot more productive. This is the thing. We're often taught to run and hide as we grow up. Mm-hmm. So I encourage people, if you feel you're in the position to, band together with, with, with other like-minded people. Be productive. Being noisy, being busy, doesn't necessarily mean we're achieving things. We can yell, we can scream as much as we want. But please, let's stay calm. Let's not justify apathy and avoidance mm-hmm. and start working together on common ground because there is a lot more to this mm-hmm. that we don't know. But if we keep bending over and taking it, when does it end? That's true. And that's one of the 
key points in totalitarianism that one of the things is to help to break it down is through rebelling. Mm, yeah. And that. But before we wrap things up, what are some of the three yeah. key points you want people to go away from today or this podcast? Okay, definitely stay open-minded. And with within that, stay open-minded with the conversation and information that comes your way. Two would be get educated. Like we said, you don't have to know everything, but have a look. If people are talking and you've got your mind open, oh, where can I find out more? Look for yourself, make up your own opinion. And number three is connect with like-minded people. So that means building up that courage to reach out to people. Um, please do, please do. Because often, as you know, Mitch, when we're in those states, we feel like there's no one around. Mm -hmm. What we feel is real, but it may not be true. Yeah, be open-minded, get educated, connect. What about yourself? So put it, um, final, oh, those are important bits as well. It's like, especially the connection bit and education and that, because it's not even just for this point in time, it's for any point in time. You, can, you need those key elements to be yeah. able to thrive as a society because yeah. we don't, as much as we're individuals, we do need people to support us so we can achieve bigger things. So we can, you know, as I was talking about the safety levels, is that once you hit your connection, then you have your freedom. Yeah. And, and um, my um, three points, I'm going to have to go with being open-minded slash educating yourself on different things. Yeah. So going in anything you're educate, educating yourself in like both sides of the spectrum. So then or like all sides, I should say. So then you're getting a wide view. So then you can understand mm -hmm. others, which goes into my second point is just having empathy yeah. and understanding and putting yourself in uh, people's shoes. Um, I do visualizing techniques through my meditation of if I did a certain thing, if I like someone else does something, I'll just sit in a meditation, be like, Am I able to do that? Go through all their feelings or what comes up and the mm -hmm. reasons why they did it. And then so that I can have a better understanding of that. And then by doing that as well, I can understand myself when I do certain mm -hmm. things. So that's an important point as well. And then number three, I'm going to have to say the same connection. Yeah. That's the real thing that I'm seeing. It's been drawn to the surface is giving us an opportunity to agree to disagree, to agree, and through making a connection and that, because it's not one idea that pushes society forward. It's a number of ideas and all different ideas mm. and coming together, you know, as one, which creates, you know, makes our society, you know, go in the right direction. But then it's when we come up with this one idea that fits all, this is when we see things start to slow down. And there's a lot of, preferences i mean references in the past that we have seen that as soon as you you know you know suppress the you know thinking 
is that all this, you know, one idea fits all. This is when mm. things start slowing down. So yeah. Connection and to disagree, to agree in the same thing. <laughs> awesome. And also just one last thing. These things pass. Mm. It's a historical cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, things like the Soviet Union, the world wars killed off so much more of the population other pandemics have killed off so much more of the population that have been affected in um recently so these things do pass humans do adapt we do regenerate and we keep breeding mm, that's <laughs> so, like, it's so probably true. not the end of the world no it's definitely not the rapture <laughs> there's no, a big no. time with some people <laughs> but uh, but yes yeah, it's, it's so true as species of humans our specialties is being able to adapt to any environment and being able to thrive mm, that's right getting out of survive into thrive definitely well mitch <laughs> thank you very much this has been a pleasure as always yeah thank you this is um quite awesome and there's a lot of information there so <laughs> and i'm gonna have to sit yeah. back and listen back <laughs> ah, yeah <laughs> so, and please everyone out there take care of yourself mm. love yourself love others let's band together with compassion and understanding if we want to get through this faster and safer mm-hmm. we're all you know it's the saying is we're all in this together mm-hmm. and actually mean it <laughs> yeah exactly but thanks again, man. Appreciate your time today. No worries. Yes. Thank you very much. All right. Cheers for tuning in today's podcast today, guys. Um, give it a like, comment, let us know what you think and all that jazz. Um, also, too, if um, you think of a value a friend, feel free to share it with them. Um, what else, too, if you want to support the podcast, that little extra bit, um, feel free to head over to my website at www.mitchellcrocker.com to purchase a T-shirt or head over to Patreon, which I'll link that down and below. And if there's any way that I can support you guys at all, feel free to send me a DM on any of my social media sites or head over to mitchellcrocker.com for all my services and programs and all that kind of stuff. You need that extra support and all that. But yeah, thank you again for tuning in today's podcast today, guys. Couldn't 